The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. And we are live to tape on the W2M Network for the kickoff, episode 13, because apparently pilot episodes don't count whatever (laughs) my name is harry broadhurst thank you for joining us once again here available online on the w2m network at w2mnet.com as well as most of your various podcast listening locations itunes um spreaker uh stitcher you know if you look for us you can find us i'm sure you can also find us by subscribing to the w2m network as well in your various locations as well joining me as per usual my co-host brandon biscabing hey what's going on Stephen Er the Third. How's it going, man? And we might as well just call him the fourth co-host since Sean does all the executive producing nowadays. Eric Watkins. Oh, slightly frustrated after what just happened, but hello. Long story. <laughs> uh, shorter story would be frustration over what happened on Friday. Oh, I, I, that, that I, no. I feel there's no better way to segue directly into studs and duds. <laughs> hey, Eric, who's your stud for the week? Well, thankfully, there was one specific football player that helped me out tremendously on my fantasy team that did something on Sunday to redeem my weekend. One Julio Jones. I mean, when you just decide, hey, I'm going to have another 250-yard game and uh, – I'm going to catch a pass from my other wide receiver. Yeah, I would consider that stud worthy. Uh, Julio single-handedly won me two fantasy football games, too, so no arguments here. Mm -hmm. Brandon, stud, hit me. My stud for the week is Philip Rivers! Went 434 yards, three touchdowns on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys. Uh, Just a dominant performance. And no one, I mean, a lot of people did not expect this. No, A lot of people were picking the Cowboys to maybe not destroy the Chargers, but win fairly handily in this one. I smell something. Smells like squash. Yes. (laughs) Nice. What world are you living in where the Cowboys are going to destroy anyone the way they have played recently? Oh, I agree. You must be on some high where anybody was saying they were going to destroy the Chargers who were in a playoff race. Come on, stop it. I mean, come on, Brando. Whoever is saying that does not watch football, apparently. Come on, Brando. Come on, Brando. Stupid headset decided to quit on me, so I'm going to have to do this manually. All right, Steven, you're up. Give me your stud for the week. I'm sticking with the Cowboys game, but I'm going Keenan Allen for the Chargers. 11 catches, 172 yards, and a touchdown. And like Brand, I didn't expect the Cowboys to blow out the Chargers on Thanksgiving, but I expected them to beat the Chargers. Yeah. And I certainly did not expect the Cowboys to get squashed like that. <laughs> what an ugly game for my Cowboys. My Cowboys and Sean's Cowboys. Third loss in a row, and now we're on the outside looking into the playoff race. <laughs> well, I mean, on the bright side, at least you guys didn't allow them to hang 50 on you. 
<laughs> that is true. I'm glad we didn't do that. They could have, though. Well, if, if Rivers had 434 yards passing, they probably should have. Yeah. Not yeah. opportunities. 100 opportunities inside of close-up positions for, for, for Los Angeles. Almost called them San Diego again out of habit. Uh, what, who are you, Tony Romo? <laughs> oh. uh, I think my back is in better shape. Uh, too soon. <laughs> oh. Oh, Not too soon. Take a shot. <laughs> you take a shot. My stud for the week is Jared Stidham, quarterback, Auburn. Hey, Bama, suck it. <laughs> That's literally the only two words I need there. As a long suffering, especially this season, Florida Gator fan. Nothing brings my heart more joy than seeing Alabama lose. And Jarrett Stidham had the game of his transferring career against the Crimson Tide, handing them their first regular season loss in two years. Yep. At least they're somewhat out of the playoff picture, but it just doesn't feel as sweet for some reason. Well, that's because they're not out of the college football playoff picture. We'll talk about that when we go into our predictions for the conference championship games a little bit later on. All right, Eric, brings us around full circle, and let's take you back to the devastating day that was Friday, November 24th. Malik Rozier, how do you play so bad to get benched against Pitt? That is no excuse. They were four and seven. Do you see the god awful attempt at a turnover chain that they had after the game? Damn it! I am so disappointed in you. <laughs> yeah. And when it, it was a noon kickoff, so I couldn't get drunk. Oh God! Why, Malik? Why did you break my heart? Oh. <laughs> Eric's rehab will be paid for by the kickoff. <laughs> Brandon, dud. My dud, I'm sticking with the Cowboys and Chargers game. Dak Prescott, <sighs> 79 yards, two interceptions. Just not a good game for him at all. Doesn't help that you don't have your running back, but still, two interceptions, not a good game. Steven, is this and, cowboy pity party to continue? Yeah, in my defense, that Desmond King pick six, that King made a really nice play against the receiver. I remember who the receiver was, but he made a really nice play. Dak, was just, that was awful. Anyway, uh, my death for the week is the Kansas Jayhawks. I don't know, about 10 years ago, this week 10 years ago, Kansas was the number two team in the country. They lost to Missouri that night in what used to be a really good rivalry, by the way. And they haven't been the same since. They just clinched their second consecutive one-win season. What is happening? What happened in Lawrence? I got Someone's got to figure it out. It's what has a, happened in Lawrence? It's basketball school. I was just about to say, I can tell you exactly what happened in Lawrence. Rock, Chalk, Jayhawk, go KU on the basketball court. No one cares. Uh, there are certain schools on both fronts that no one cares about the other sport. For football... For football, you've got Kansas, Kentucky, Duke. Hey, Kentucky's going bowling in football. 
Yeah, but still, no one cares. Still, no one cares about Kentucky football. And until recently, UNC. They can go bowling as much as they want to. Ain't nobody going to care about football in Lexington this time of year. And and, and no. And then in basketball, you've got Alabama, Penn State, um, just about any team in the SEC not named Kentucky. Or Florida, for that matter. Basketball school, good sir. Yeah. They're neutral. They're neutral. Because this is a five. This is a currently five and one Gator team coming off of a double overtime win over Gonzaga and a close loss to number one Duke. Yeah, I gotta say, Florida's one of those few schools that does really well to my disdain in three sports: football, mm-hmm. basketball, and baseball. Yep, softball too. Hey, I, I know I know some guys from Florida that used to play baseball for the Gators, so yeah, they were good. You know, it's funny that you mentioned the Gators, Brandon. Did I just segue us into something? Segway. <laughs> My dad so. for the week is Randy Shannon and the four and seven Florida Gators, who got their asses handed to them. By Florida State in our rivalry game. You're, Look, you're, in, in Randy Shannon's defense, he couldn't beat Florida State when he was head coach of the U. Y'all having expectations of that this year, that's completely on you. We knew what was up and we got rid of him. Um, in fairness, Florida State sucks this year too. They need to beat Louisiana Monroe in order to be bowl eligible. We'll, we'll be talking about that later. Yes, we will. That's you that's gonna be interesting. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. Brandon knows what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. So four and seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thought those it, days were behind us. Back to back SEC championship games. The year prior to that, four and eight. Hasn't he officially been canned now? Yes, he, well, he's been canned officially, and now he's actually been fired as well, and we'll talk about that in a few seconds. As a matter of fact, we'll talk about that right now, because it's now time for it. So, that happened. And since you mentioned it, we might as well go ahead and bring it up here. The college coaching carousel has begun. Try saying that five times fast. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. Oh, yeah. That's so much. Several major universities have already made the the switch, be it by choice, Florida, Mm. UCLA, possibly Arizona State, or by necessity. (laughs) Sucks to be you, Mississippi State. No one really sucks. Yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee was also a uh, choice. Oh, yeah, and then, and then there was this other school in the SEC West that no one cares about called Arkansas that got rid of their coach, too. But, again, nobody cares. Oh. Shots fired. <laughs> bang, bang. Anywho, um, let's go ahead and talk about this coaching carousel, shall we, gentlemen? Let's start with Florida, since we were just on the topic of the Gators here. And Dan Mullen, the former coach of the Mississippi State Bulldogs, Becomes the new head man in Gainesville. I gotta say, I actually like the hires. Yeah, I mean, 
yeah, that that choice they've been playing very well, especially as compared to expectations this year. So, you know, maybe getting to a higher prestige school can help him in the recruiting level and bring Florida back to where it was. I don't like it because that means I have to deal with Florida again. <laughs> of you say he was the offensive coordinator with a certain quarterback who shall not be named from this end of the podcast booth, and they happen to win. To Hold on. National Hold on. I'll do, the, I'll, I'll do the post. Give me audio podcast, but I'm doing the post. <laughs> I'm doing it with, right with you. Yeah. Steven, your thoughts? <laughs> I like Dan Mullen because, if I'm not mistaken, he was the coach for when Dak Prescott was there. And then Nick Fitzgerald has done really well, too, so... I don't know who the quarterback's going to be next year for Florida. Might be Felipe Franks or somebody else. But I do like to hire for Florida because clearly Dan Mullen knows how to make a good, something good out of a quarterback. Well, let's specifically talk about the thing that Eric touched on without actually touching on. And to be generous to Eric, I won't say the quarterback's name either. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> but... Dan Mullen was the offensive coordinator for the Florida Gators in 2008 and 2010 when Florida won two national championships in three years under Urban Meyer. Yeah. Those are some so dark this is a guy days. who has been part of a very prominent Florida Gator pass, and I, for one, as a Gator fan, am more than happy to see him back in Gainesville. But the, the issue that I always say whenever someone talks about a situation like that. Granted, it's the same program, but still, you know, now you're a head coach instead of an offensive coordinator. A lot of guys seem to be great as off, as coordinators underneath a dynamic head coach like an Urban Meyer, but aren't all that great as head coaches themselves. Yes, he's proven himself in Mississippi State, though so he does have that under his belt. But let's look at all of the, either on the college level, the Nick Saban coordinators, or on the NFL, the Bill Belichick coordinators, who have been highly praised as coordinators and then have gone on to become mediocre uh, head coaches. Yeah, but at the same time, though, I think this is a case of you can go home again, though, for Dan Mullen. True. That's why I put that... that, emphasis on him going back to Florida as a as a uh, point for him going back. But you still uh, have to wait and see how he does as a head coach for Florida. Brandon, you are a walking segue machine tonight. You know why I say that? Why? Because speaking of going back somewhere you once were, Chip Kelly's going back oh, to the yeah. Pac-12. <laughs> I knew – I, in my heart of hearts, I knew that there was no way that he was going to take the Florida job. But <clears throat> this is going to set up one hell of a battle, at least for the next few years, in the city of Los Angeles. Yeah, but, I can't help – I can't help but feel like this definitely throws some fuel onto that fire that is the USC-UCLA rivalry. Oh, yes. Well, the and big you, question – the big question now with that is, is Chip Kelly, I mean, it also depends upon what happens with the draft, which we'll talk about later as well, but 
does this play any impact on whether or not Josh Rosen decides to go go pro next year? I saw that on Fox mm-hmm. Sports. That was so interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like Josh Rosen would definitely benefit from a year under Chip Kelly's leadership the, the uh, as thing, a quarterback coach. The, the only thing that I'm concerned about, though, is that Josh Rosen is more of a pocket passer quarterback. Yes. Whereas Chip Kelly is all about the option. Well, he's about the option. He's a much more up-tempo, quick, using the uh, cardboards, all the signs, this and that. Rosen is not that type of quarterback. And honestly, if I'm Josh Rosen, I go now before you have any further questions about anything like injuries or having to learn a different college system that's completely antithetical of what you're going to see in the pros. Lest we forget, while Chip Kelly is weighing on his mind, that game against Cal is weighing on his mind and shoulder even more. First of all, props for using the word antithetical into a sentence. Bravo. Thank you. That's a $5 word for this broadcast. But um, in regards to the Kelly situation here, you got to think that Kelly had his best success with a running quarterback in Marcus Mariota. Josh Rosen is not a running quarterback. Not at all. Which, so it definitely raises the question of rather or not Rosen would want to stay. I feel like Rosen could learn a lot regards to the, the style of offense, that fast paced tempo that chip Kelly plays. But at the same time, I think we've proven over the course of Kelly's run in the NFL, as well as the overall run for running quarterbacks anymore in the NFL, that that sprinting quarterback mold doesn't necessarily translate that great to the national football league. Yeah. Honestly, I think that this, hurts their chance of keeping Rosen for another season rather than helps it. Because I don't think he wants, especially in his last year of eligibility, he does not want to not only learn a new system, but go into a completely alien system to what he likes to run and also hurt his his NFL prospects by running a non-NFL-style offense in the process. I- Yes, Matt has done well, but, you know, I think he's more of a exception than the rule. At the same time, Mariota is also proven to be injury prone due to the style of football that he plays as well. Bing-o. Same with Cam Newton, same with pretty much any other option quarterback in the NFL. You know, we we constantly bag on the Pac-12 that nobody plays defense out there. Well, there was a coach that was known for defense in the NFL. His name was Herm Edwards. Mm. Mm. And it is looking like a distinct possibility that Herm Edwards is going to end up as the new head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils. I like Herm I liked Herm Edwards as an NFL coach. I thought he did a I thought he did a really good job with the Jets. And I say this as somebody that was that was a division rival up against them. He's also a very good analyst too. Yes. In my opinion, though, I don't believe that his style of coaching is conducive to the type of football they play in the Pac-12. Yeah, neither do I. I think it's I think it's a lot easier and and to an extent 
history has proven me wrong on this level, but we haven't really ever seen we haven't really seen many be successful going both ways or one being, you know, not so successful on one level, but successful on the other, the reverse way. But it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it would seem to me, at least on a style level, that it would be a lot easier to go from college to the NFL because the NFL is a much more straightforward style of play and of play calling. Whereas not well, also you can get away with more in college because it's not the greatest athletes on every team. Whereas the actually, NFL actually that's is not the best true. As long as you have somebody that can recruit, the plays are simpler in college, in, so in, you don't have to do as much. But in, at the in, same, in, and just real quick here, Eric. At the same time, in regard to what Brandon said about it being easier in college too. In college, you're not facing the best of the best on a week-in, week-out basis. I guarantee you, for most NFL teams, those players on those NFL teams were the best players in college at those positions. Yeah. Or some of the best players in college at those positions. Whereas you might have a guy on a college team that isn't going to see a Sunday ever in his life in the NFL. Yeah. In in terms of the talent level... It's definitely easier in college for that very reason. But I feel, and maybe this is just my personal opinion and and the way I think of it, um, while this also gets put a lot on, um, on the, on the quarterback and on the, on the players, I feel like it's a lot easier play calling in the NFL than it is in college because you're not using as many gadget plays. You're not, and and also you have quarterbacks. I mean, obviously not everyone can be a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning, but you have quarterbacks that do their own thing a lot, or they you give a lot more leeway in the NFL, whereas in college you're you know you're micromanaging everything, and and you mentioned recruiting, Harry. Recruiting, while yes, a coach can definitely help, and I think Herm Edwards, um, especially for the right recruits, saying you know basically like um, basically like uh, oh damn oh John Calipari a lot like John Calipari in basketball where he can say you know I've been in the NBA I have connections there I will help you make the jump to the NBA. Herm Edwards can do the same thing now with the NFL, so that may certainly help him with the recruiting, um, but it'll be very interesting to see how he adapts to, especially in the Pac-12, which is a much more up-tempo and you know option-based uh, conference and play calling, how he's going to adapt his play calling system to the college game, because I don't think he's never been in college, has he? No. I don't believe he's ever been a head coach in college. He might have started as a coordinator in college, but I don't believe he's ever been a head coach collegiately. And this kind of uh, goes on to my point and Sean's point about recruiting just as well. Yes, he has all these connections to the NFL, and he can help a lot of players make the jump. But he can't really claim that prestige as being an NFL coach as he would have said several years ago 
Because if you see a lot of 18, 19, 20-year-olds who are either going to college or in their first couple of years in college, they know Herm Edwards primarily as an analyst. I think I think some of them would still know him as a head coach. Now, it's going to be harder being in the Pac-12 because those last years of him as a head coach, he was in New York with the Jets, so they wouldn't see him as much. Yeah, um, he was the head coach of the Jets and the Chiefs. Yeah. That's it. So you're heading west of the Mississippi. You're going into more alien territory. And especially with him landing in Arizona and uh, uh, specifically in Tempe. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Real quick, Stephen hasn't said much about this year. Stephen, what are your thoughts on Herm Edwards going to college football? I think it's very interesting because, I mean, you've had – I don't know if this is kind of an odd theory to have or whatever, but if you have success in the NFL, perhaps you'll have more success in college. I don't know much about Herm Edwards coaching the Jets. The only thing I remember him was, you play to win the game. <laughs> Press conference. Mm-hmm. That's I was honestly the only thing I remember from remember as being a coach. I also remember playing, being a member of the Eagles, returning the game when he touched down the first miracle of the Meadowlands. But uh, this is going to be very interesting. The Pac-12 would probably be one of the it's going to be a much better conference next year. So you got Chip Kelly in UCLA. You have Clay Helton in the USC. You got Mike Leach at Washington State. I love what they're doing. And then you have Herm Edwards of Arizona State. Pac-12 is going to be way up there, especially as like college football playoff and all this other stuff. Very interesting. If you give Herm Edwards a couple of years and he has the at least an inkling of the level of success then just like we talk about the SEC West, now we're talking about the Big Ten East. The Pac-12 South is going to be one of those competitive and most dangerous divisions in college football. You if know, pans out. Now, you, now, you know what? Just real quick here, Brandon, before you go ahead and chime in there, I was just about to say something similar to what Eric just said there in the fact that it definitely makes, specifically for next year at least, it definitely makes UCLA versus Arizona State must watch. Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely. You know what else is about to watch? Chip Kelly returns to Oregon November 3rd. Mm-hmm. Mark calendars. Ooh. <laughs> Here we go now, right there. Now, not, not so much for Chip Kelly because I think he's proven that he is much greater of a college coach than a an NFL coach. Clearly. And, and he'll be like Nick Saban where his NFL run flopped and then he goes back to college for the rest of his career. But Herm Edwards, if he has some success, how long is it going to take for him to start getting that itch to go back to the pros, to go back to the big leagues? I think it'll depend on how much of a stress level he wants to put himself through because you have to admit that while coaching and co- coaching in college is easier, NFL coaches are paid more because the job is significantly more stressful. Exactly. That's right. Yep, but now college coaches are starting to catch up. I mean, look at the offer Mike Gundy had for Tennessee. That was some big boy money. Woo! I'm 40! <laughs> As far as uh, Josh Rosen goes, and just going back to the Chip Kelly question, I think Josh Rosen would be smarter to go pro because you don't want to take the risk that you get injured next year or you just have a real bad year despite Chip Kelly being your coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're good now. 
Your your stock is really high. Just go to the, go to the NFL. The only reason why he would even consider staying, especially now, is if he really, really, really he's he cares more about staying away from the cesspool that is Cleveland. But then again, like we say every year, you have no guarantee that they're not going to be on that spot again. Yeah, Cleveland's Cleveland's not going to magically turn into an eight-win team next year. They're going to be towards the bottom of the NFL once again. Exactly. Ooh. So at this point, I think the best option would be to for him to just go. Quite frankly, there are three things that are absolutely certain in this world right now. Death, taxes, and the Browns are going to suck. The Browns will be. <laughs> Indubitably. All right. What else do we want to bring up? And so that happened. Usually we like to throw in a couple light oddball stories in here. So I feel like now would be the time to do so. Should, should I do mine right now or are we going to save that for later? Well, I can't guarantee that we're going to have time for a get it together segment here. And we kind of touched on it earlier when we talked about the uh, the situation, though, though that might have been more in our off air conversation. So we yeah, might as well bring that conversation on air. I know so, where you're going with this. So. One of the greatest, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and yes, I said especially for the team that he played with, I would say he's at at most at number two in the in Giants history has been benched by a second year head coach, and the Maras are doing nothing about it. What is going on in New York? That is all. Hashtag Macadont. Yes, exactly. <laughs> hashtag uh, fire Macadon. Um, can I can I give you a better hashtag? Sure. Hashtag Macadoodoo. Yes, thank you. A lot oh, of hashtags here. <laughs> you know what? Like, I would understand if they were going to the quarterback that they drafted out of the FCS school in the draft last year. Give him a chance to see what he could do. Mm-hmm. Forget in my free forgive forgive my phraseology here. Gino fucking Smith. <laughs> yeah. They're benching Eli for Gino fucking Smith. Oh, earmuffs. <laughs> I mean, let, Sean, Sean keeps on telling me, you know, they're trying to bomb and everything and I get that, but you're not going to – the two teams that are ahead of you right now in the race for the number one overall pick is the Browns, who we talked about before. They're not winning any games. They may win one. They're not getting any more than first. And the 49ers, who I don't think they're going to win another game either. Oh, uh, they're starting Garoppolo. They may win one. So that would put you in second. They do have – they do have the Bears this week. That is entirely winnable. But yep. yes, so at most you're going to get second, which yes, that's fine. But even looking at their schedule right now, it you're not going to win a ton of games, even even with Eli. You, just with the way this team's playing, if you really think that you're suddenly going to win now, because I don't even know why, you've got the Raiders at 
Oakland, the Raiders should be able to win that game. Against the Cowboys, it's a rivalry game. They have a chance of winning that, but I doubt it. Eagles have been dominating. Cardinals have been, eh, so you don't know. And the Redskins are decent this year. At most, you're going to win one game. And it's not going to push you that far down, especially with how the rumors are saying that this may very well be Eli's last year. Just let him finish it all. Let him finish it. Jacksonville. Let let him finish his career on, you know, without ever sitting and then it'll be done I don't think Eli no matter how much he gets the itch I don't think he's going to pull a Brett Favre or anything like that but see here's the thing though they were very upfront with Eli saying this is what's going to happen they offered him hey do you want to keep starting to keep your streak going because you're at 210 games right now. Eli, and I completely like him for this, he said, I'm not going to finish the game. I'm not going to have a chance to win the game. The streak will be tarnished. Why bother? Out yeah. him on the sidelines. So to him, he's gotten to the point to where he's just like, whatever. If Tom Coughlin goes and has a sit down with him, and he decides to give one season here in Jacksonville a go, fine. If he decides to retire, he's got nothing to prove. But either way, he is at peace, at least for the remainder of this season. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I agree with you to that level. You know, if he's, you know, saying it's going to be tarnished anyway, might as well just bench me. I get that part. Um, But I just... I really hope, I have a bad feeling that McAdoo is somehow still going to be there next year. Um, mm-hmm. But, well, in that case, I, inv- I I vote that we invoke a segment for next year if he keeps his job. We invoke a segment for next year, and we call it, it'll be our weekly Giants recap, we call it Stepped in McAdoo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. If that happens, I will be perfectly fine with that. <laughs> okay, but I I agree with Harry that they should have been putting in. Uh, they should not be putting Geno Smith in. They should be putting their their rookie in. Right. I want to say Davis Webb. Yeah. Yep. Well. Yeah. yeah. Davis Webb. Yes. They they should be trying him out for the next couple of games to see if maybe he can be you know the quarterback of the future and and so that you don't have to use your top pick to get a new quarterback. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and make a creative decision here that since the the bulk majority of the latter part of the show will be dedicated to our discussion of the upcoming college football conference championship games this week, we're going to go ahead and move one of the segments that we traditionally do towards the end of the show up a little bit in the show. Gentlemen, it's time to hop aboard the lane train. <laughs> Choo-choo! Yeah. All right, I, I got to... May or may not be making a stop back in Knoxville soon. We don't know. <laughs> well, before we get into any rumors and innuendo about where Lane Kiffin may or may not end up, I first of all want to bring our executive producer back in. 
because it is his North Texas mean green that provide the opposition for the Florida Atlantic Owls. Seriously, who who names their team the Owls in the Conference USA Championship game? We are definitely the podcast that pays the most attention to Conference USA. (laughs) No doubt. By far. (laughs) Sean, as a North Texas fan. Just to prove that point, one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to for college football, they previewed every championship game but the conference Except. USA. <laughs> so, <laughs> even congratulations, Con- congratulations <laughs> conference USA. You're worse than the Mac. Yeah. So you know we got to give it justice here. When uh, <laughs> um, the Sun Belt does not have a conference championship game yet. They will next year. Oh, okay. No, they Sean, just have a North- three-way tie, possibly, or or a co-championship, possibly happening because they're done. Sean, what does North Texas have to do on Saturday to uh, avenge what happened back in October? Uh, actually, play defense. <laughs> so, uh, you know, <laughs> the problem is they don't win their games by dominating anyone. All their games, a lot of their games, have been close this year, except for the Florida Atlantic one. Uh, so it's not like they're keeping points off the board, really. I mean, they surprisingly beat Army, which only two other teams have been able to do this year. So, uh, you know, and it's – go ahead. That Army game was a shootout, too, 52-49. Yeah, exactly. So if I remember. You just got to either be able to keep up in points at Florida Atlantic, which is difficult because they score a lot of points as well, or, you know, you got to commit turnovers on and and score off those. I think you guys are screwed. I think the fact that this game is once again in Broca Raton does you no favors. And no, you can claim you guys can claim revenge all you want to for this game here. I feel like you guys are in store for another beating similar to the one that you guys took back in October. Let's hope not. Let's hope uh, you know you can do a TCU and get revenge and, and win. So. Florida at Florida Atlantic forty five twenty one. I don't know. I'm going to say Florida Atlantic wins, but I'm going to say it's a closer to a 49-42 game because it's hard to beat a team twice in a season. I think the Mean Green are going to have that revenge factor. They're going to make some adjustments, but Lane Kiffin is going to have some magical decision that last drive, last few seconds of the game, and that's how it's going to end. But I don't think North Texas, while they're going to hang in there, I don't think they pull it off. Uh, Brandon, who do you got? I, I'm going to go with Florida Atlantic to, to finish it off, even though I have a couple of people I know who who went to North Texas. Uh, I, I think the, rain, the, the lane train will keep on rolling. Steven, you're the one who yeah. started this mess. <laughs> That's right, I am. I said that Lee Kiffin would do very well because, I mean, he's done well everywhere except, uh, I believe, Tennessee didn't do too well. Uh, yeah, of course I'm picking FAU because, hey, I said Lee Kiffin was going to do well and now he's going to win a Conference USA Championship game. So I am continuing to drive the lane train. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and, then, and then we'll have to preview Florida Atlantic's bowl because, of Absolutely. course. Absolutely. <laughs> we can't not do that. I uh, hope they get to at least a half decent bowl game. Oh, I'm hoping it's a good one. I would be uh, 
would rooting for them to come on up here and play in the Tax Slayer Bowl because that means I would actually have a reason to go. But sadly, I don't think they would have the right tie-in. Um, unlike Florida Atlantic themselves, this segment has completely come off the rails this year. <laughs> and for that, I thank you gentlemen all for your time. The Lane Train has reached its destination. <laughs> All right, guys. So I mentioned earlier that buy or sell was not going to be a thing tonight. That's why we went directly into the lane train there. This is going to be your call, your college football conference championship preview edition of the kickoff. And we're going to start with the biggest one of them all, in my opinion. We're going to start in the rematch in the SEC. Auburn and Georgia. Ooh. I mean... Not just the All right, we might as just real quick here, Eric. I know there's somebody that actually has this match picked for his for his RU series prediction. Honestly, these are two very evenly matched teams. I don't really feel like either of them winning would be an upset. I know that there is a statistical favorite. I don't feel like either team winning would be an upset. However, due to this being college football championship weekend, I'm not going to knock anybody's predictions for the RU series for college because frankly there's not a lot of options. Go ahead and go ahead and give me your prediction for the SEC title game after your analysis, Eric. Uh, for this one, the biggest advantage Georgia has is the fact that this is in Atlanta, not in Jordan Hare, and I'm not sure with Stidham. If he can pull off essentially three miracles in the span of a month, I really don't think Auburn is up to that challenge for this particular team. But at the same time, I don't see a blowout. I mean, yes, Georgia with their quarterback, he's shown a lot more improvement, but still very, very vulnerable. I would have to pick Georgia winning 24-16. Now, what that'll do for the playoff, who knows? But <laughs> well, this one is the biggest is because this is the one guaranteed winners in, possibly with a spot of the Sugar Bowl on the line. We will be discussing the final four once we get done with our conference championship previews. All right. Brandon, SEC title game, who you got? Considering the fact that Georgia lost to Auburn earlier just a few weeks ago, but this that gave them an opportunity to see Auburn and see what they can do on the field, and the fact that Auburn is coming off of a huge upset of Alabama in the Iron Bowl, and they're going to have a bit of a hangover from that. Yes, I know it is the conference championship, so they got got to get their heads in gear right away. But I am going with Georgia to win this one, and then I don't know what will happen uh, with the college Save Save the playoff predictions till the end, guys. Just yep. discuss the games here because we have, a, we have several games to get through. Steven. Yep. As much as I hate to say it, 
because they do have two losses. I have Auburn winning the SEC this year because they beat Georgia already handily. And then they go ahead last week and they upset Alabama in a game where they just pretty much dominated the tide. The, the score was closer than the, than the game was. 100% agree. If you watch the game, Alabama was outplayed big time by, by, by Auburn. And Auburn is going to... The, Auburn's... Uh, I forget the quarterback's name, but he, would, he did really well in that game against Bama and against Georgia. Uh, Auburn's just too good for Georgia, clearly. They showed that three weeks ago when they beat the Bulldogs. And they're going to beat the Bulldogs again in Atlanta to win the SEC. Uh, the quarterback's name is Jared Stidham, the former yeah, quarterback at Baylor. And yeah. we are going to split down the middle on this match because I agree with Steven. You do not recover from a beatdown like Auburn put on Georgia in a month. That is going to mess with Georgia psychologically. And they are going to go into the SEC title game this Saturday night on CBS, and they are going to play like a team that has a chip on its shoulder, and that chip is going to weigh them down. And the Tigers are going to take advantage of it. The uncrowned, as Stephen put it, SEC champions become the crowned SEC champions when Auburn beats Georgia in Mercedes-Benz on Saturday night. We move to the Big Ten in Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Um, Brandon, you start this one. I'm probably going to be in the minority on this one, but Wisconsin finally, for all the naysayers, proves their worth and beats Ohio State and secures their spot in the college football playoff. Steven. I know I, I didn't like Wisconsin. I always thought I thought their schedule was pretty. You know, they play a lot of cupcakes. Then I took a little, little closer look. I'm like, hmm, some of these are pretty good. Like Northwestern's a nine-win program. Who would have thought? Uh, Ohio State is very, very vulnerable. They lost to Oklahoma. They got manhandled by Iowa. They're going to be not manhandled by Wisconsin, but they're not going to beat Wisconsin either. I'm with Brando. Wisconsin wins the Big Ten and heads to the college football playoff. <sighs> I, I, want, I want Wisconsin to win this match. I want Wisconsin to win this match because I want all of these fair-weather Buckeye fans in the state of Ohio to, quite frankly, shut the hell up. <laughs> this is an Ohio State team that was getting its ass beat by Michigan for the first quarter and a half of that game on sat- on last Saturday. Boy, I was so ecstatic. <laughs> this is an Ohio State team that got bitch slapped by Iowa. This is an Ohio State team that was dominated inside of the horseshoe by Oklahoma in the second half of their biggest game of the season. This isn't an Ohio State team who has too much firepower for Wisconsin. The Buckeyes win the Big Ten. And you see, Harry, thank you, because I thought I was going to be on an island all by myself. They've got firepower. They've got JT Barrett. They've got Nick Bosa. And while I like Wisconsin's running back, 
I do not trust Holbrook in this situation. I really don't. And he's got to do at least something, especially in the red zone, against this Ohio State defense, to if they have even a shot at holding off JT Barrett. Sorry, but Ohio State, to me, is going to create that extra little bit of chaos. They're going to be Big Ten champs again. We move on to, for the first time, well, for the first time in its new incarnation with only 10 teams, the Big 12 title is on the line as Oklahoma takes on TCU. And this is where chaos can start happening officially for the college football playoff. I mean, Ohio State defeating Wisconsin would more than likely put the Buckeyes in. TCU beating Oklahoma screws everything up. Does it happen, Brandon? Uh, I so want it to just because I want the the college football quote-unquote playoff to die a very quick death, but uh, I just don't see it. I think Oklahoma will win this one. I'll go next here. Um, Kenny Hill, you probably should have stayed at Texas A&M. <laughs> Oklahoma and the Sooners are going to put a beat down on the Horned Frogs Saturday. Baker Mayfield's no joke, and he's pissed off based on what's happened the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I'll take a pissed off Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma any week. Give me the Sooners. Eric. Honestly, if Mayfield wants that Heisman, his time is now. Wouldn't surprise me to see him in Jerry World and throw, what, five, six touchdown passes and one more Big 12 shootout to end the season? I kind of like TCU. I would love for them to win just to shut Oklahoma fans up definitively, but... No, there is way too much, and Baker Mayfield wants to stick it to a few more people ahead of the NFL draft. Boomer Sooner. Steven. Yeah, Harry, you you, you talk about how this could cause so much chaos and all this crap. No. There is no way TCU beats Oklahoma. There's no way TCU competes with Oklahoma. I like Kenny Hill halfway through the season, but since then... Nothing. He hasn't done much. It's not very exciting. He's He hasn't done as, as good as he did. And Oklahoma is, in my opinion, the best team in college football right now. Oklahoma is going to run through TCU right to the college football playoffs. I just want to state for the record that we do the weekly top 25 poll over on the W2Mnet.com website. Myself, Eric, and Brandon all vote. Steven does not for some reason. Yeah. We don't need to go there. Yeah, but you can ask Sean about that one. Yeah, that's not. Don't have to go there. But I am the only person in this group that has had Oklahoma voted as the number one team in the country right now. Oklahoma's loss was to a very good Iowa State team. Very. Clem- Clemson lost to four and eight Syracuse. Ah, don't remind me. Don't remind me. But. Uh, I I couldn't see it. For some reason, it, with Oklahoma, 
Yes, they had a better quality loss, but with how they were winning in this and that, and yes, as a little bit of an ACC homer, even though, well, I'll save my prediction for later. With Clemson, to me, I don't know. And for them, it seemed more forgivable in that situation. Plus, look at what Miami decided to up and do in Pittsburgh. <laughs> God, I need a drink. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you mention Miami, Eric. Segway. (laughs) The ACC title game is next, and I'm going to go first here because I'm the only one who hasn't yet. Mm. In my opinion, this is going to be the best of the college football conference championship games. Absolutely. And And I think... And I think that I agree with what Brandon said about the SEC Conference Championship game. That is, this is a winner-is-in game no matter what. Agreed. A one-loss ACC champion this year is getting into the college football playoff. No, no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. Because Clemson would have the win over Auburn, who is the likely – who is, in my opinion, will be the SEC champion – Miami has the absolute dominating performance against Notre Dame. Both of them have significant out-of-conference victories. The question is, is who's going to stand tall when it comes to the ACC title game? I'm going to hate myself for this prediction if it doesn't happen. (sighs) Eric, it's all about the you. (laughs) Harry, I swear, if this happens, you are sending me your address because I am sending you something. I know you're not a drinker, but I'm going to send you something if this goes down. <laughs> I'm picking my. I'm picking Miami of Florida. Eric, you're up. Oh, like we need to ask Eric, you're up. <laughs> no, it's, but see, this is the hard part. You're absolutely right in thinking Miami can win. I'm absolutely right in rooting for Miami. However, and I noticed this whenever we've done the top 25, there's two overriding factors. Number one, and I mentioned the games in Charlotte, a lot closer to Clemson than Coral Gables. That's a problem. We've seen what happens. Number two, and you talked about this, the psychological advantage that Auburn had over Georgia. Does anyone remember a specific 58 to nothing game? Yep, absolutely. I do. And that's why ah, it pains me with every fiber of my being. And I am very thankful I have alcohol on my premises. Because I have to do this. I've got to play Clemson. Can I I point out the fact that despite the fact that Charlotte is closer to Clemson, South Carolina, than it is to Coral Gables, Florida, Miami has an advantage that Clemson does not. Miami plays all of their home games in an NFL stadium. Clemson plays on a college site. Advantage Miami. Okay, Miami-Pittsburgh, that was at Heinz Field, another NFL stadium that doesn't matter. 
that that's fair, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Good Steven, point. you're up. I wanted to segue into that October 24, 2015 game, but Eric beat me to it. I remember the day me and Eric were working together for our MyBBS website, and we were told everyone, all of our, our entire staff was like, oh my God, this is rock bottom for the Hurricanes. And it clearly was. Because Whoa. next week they wanted to be Duke in a very controversial game on Halloween. But anyway, I have. I'm rolling with the U in this one. I know my uh, Clemson's the number one ranked team right now, but Kelly Bryant is on 10 touchdowns. Ouch. Plus, look at Miami's defense. Look what they have done over the past three, four games. The game against Notre Dame, big. Virginia, big. That helped them come back to beat Virginia. Uh, Pitt, and I don't know what happened there. But uh-huh. the defense has been so key for the Canes. I go against Kelly Bryant, who is nowhere near Deshaun Watson level. Miami's winning the ACC. They're going to go to the college football playoff. Brandon, you're the last one to pick for the ACC. Wow. You you have to be very disappointed in yourself, Eric, because you are a fan of them, and you are the only one on this panel who is not picking Miami. (laughs) The irony is tasting a lot worse than the pumpkin pie with whipped cream on top. I'll say that now. <laughs> You're gonna have to send us all stuff if if Miami wins this. I am picking Miami as well. I think Miami is gonna rebound. They are gonna be coming in so pissed that they lost two hits of all teams in the final week of the regular season. They are com- They are going to be coming in looking for blood. And they are going to get it on Clemson. Dominate, Cle- maybe not dominate, but they will. Yeah, I don't know if I. Yeah. I don't know if I'd say dominate. It's no, going to be a good game. No, be a good I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson dominates Miami instead. But yeah. and I, I'm picking Clemson myself because Miami they benched their quarterback. That shows me he doesn't have any much faith in Rozier if you're benching quarterbacks in the game before the game that matters. Exactly. You know, benched him only to bring him back out, leading a touchdown drive. And if you're having issues against a freshman quarterback who's showing mobility, making his first start, how are you going to react to Kelly Bryant? Yes, he's only thrown 10 touchdowns, but my God. He can run almost as well as Deshaun Watson. Not to mention um, Miami lost uh, one of their receivers uh, today. Got two, carted off the field. So. Yeah, but we're two. We're down our second and third leading receivers in this one. Can I just point out the fact that how much different of a game would this be if Brad Kaya had not said bye Felicia after his junior season? Oh, dear sweet God, I knew it was a mistake for him to go. <laughs> Oh, imagine Mark Walton was healthy right now for the for the Canes. Ugh, Brad, we would be undefeated. We'd probably be close to number one. Why again? Go to Detroit of all places, man. (laughs) Again, Eric's therapy sponsored by the kickoff. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go west, young men, to the Pac-12. And I know that a couple of you guys have this game in mind as an upset. Mm-hmm. Eric, we'll start with you. 
Well, there's uh, two 10 versus 12 matchups that are going on over the next 48 hours. One of them Miami's involved in. Right now they're losing, which puts me kind of in a bad mood. But I'm okay for this split second. Because the big 10 versus 12 matchup happens to be going on in Santa Clara. Now, when these two teams first met, USC put on a bit of a show. They won 42-24. But, like everybody's talking about with Josh Rosen and everybody's talking about with Georgia and Auburn, look at what USC has done since. Sam Donald is showing there's a couple of chinks in that armor. I think he's going to be a little bit too prone either holding on or trying to do too much, which could lead to a lot of turnovers. And especially if Bryce Love is the Bryce Love we've seen all season, wanting to make one last statement to book his trip to New York, I think the Cardinal in Santa Clara could pull this off and win this game. And as another factoid, the South Division winner has yet to win the Pac-12 championship. Just saying. Brandon, you make a lot of good points there, Eric, and I'm kind of going counter to what I said in regards to the SEC championship game, mm-hmm. but I think I think USC will be able to do what they did earlier on in the season, and they will be able to beat Stanford yet again and mark their place into the Rose Bowl. Oh, mm-mm. Oh, is the Rose Bowl one of the... the mm-hmm. Rose and Sugar are the semifinals this year. So they would probably go Fiesta? Yeah, odds are they'd probably stay out on the West Coast and end up in Tempe. Steven? I said this before the season began. I was not sold on Sam Donald after the season he had last year because Dory Jackson... And Juju Smith-Schutzer both gone pro, so he had lost two keys to his team. It all started out with he had seven touchdowns to seven interceptions. I was like, hmm, I was around Darnold. Since then, he's done pretty well, and the team has done it well as well. But then there's Bryce Love, who has come out of the shadows of Christian McCaffrey and has done exactly what he's done. So I feel like Bryce Love is a better player than Sam Darnold is because, you know, Bryce Love hasn't shown much struggle like Sam Darnold has. And that will be the reason Stanford upsets USC, and this is a rematch, right? Would be. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, USC, yeah. USC beat Stanford in week three, 42-24. Yikes. It's going to be closer than that. Stanford's going to win this one. Um, Bryce Love was not completely healthy for that game back in week three. Bryce Love is still not completely healthy. He played hurt against Notre Dame. He'll be playing hurt against USC. USC hits a lot harder than Notre Dame does. Oh, yeah. Bryce Love is going to get taken out of this game, and the Trojans break the South's curse, winning the Pac-12. 
Let's move on to the case that Brandon has been champ. I will be careful because uh, Stanford has a different quarterback right now that actually can throw the ball uh, instead of Chris, who, you know, we've seen his troubles. So I would say they're a much different team now than they were in week three uh, on that account, too. Are you watching basketball, Sean? Yeah, the Mavs are playing right now. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, you go back to basketball because I can hear it in my headset. It's throwing me off. <laughs> go Utah Jazz. But anywho, um, Brandon, let's go to the team that you've been championing. Championing. That that doesn't sound right. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Oh, I know. Yes, championing. Yeah. What Eric said. <laughs> let's go. Let's go to the Central Florida Knights. As they you challenge that won't really matter in law in the grand scheme of things now. Yeah, well, it's the last of the conference championship games that we haven't discussed yet. So why not get to it? Oh, wait, we have to do the Mac as well, because we don't want to forget anybody and the Mountain West. <laughs> well, we've already seen the Mountain West championship game last week. Anywho, back to con- <laughs> back to the American athletic here. It is those Central Florida Golden Knights taking on the Memphis Tigers. Brandon. Oh, the game that should matter, but doesn't whatsoever. I've done my rants plenty of times. I mean, it matters to their paychecks in regards to the New Year's Six. It, especially with the playoffs now, what's even the point of the, the, the rest of the bowls? Make up your mind. Either... Either go all or nothing. That's my that's my opinion on on the whole college football situation. College football is a joke, but let's get to this. Um, U.S. UCF will make the discussion. Well, hopefully, make the discussion of expanding the playoff accelerate tenfold. And they will remain undefeated. They should be in the playoff, but they won't because we all know that college football is a joke. And so, therefore, whatever they'll get, you know, some random that I don't whatever the the bowls that aren't the playoff now will be. Pro- they'll get some random bigger bowl. Probably peach, if I had to venture. Yeah, probably. No, I would say. If not Peach, it wouldn't surprise me if they put UCF in the orange. Yeah, that. I mean, yeah. geographically, that would make sense. But all right, Stephen, does Memphis have a chance to register to the discussion moot? I don't believe so. I think that UCF is a very good team. They're undefeated. I mean, they, they made such a big turnaround since 2015 when they went winless. Now they're they flipped the script. Oh. They're undefeated. Plus, this is a rematch. I uh, just looked it up on the ESPN app. This is a rematch of the September 30th match. UCF won 40-13. That says, that's how it says something about what's going to happen on Saturday. It won't be that much of a blowout. It's going to be real close. You have 10-win Memphis against the undefeated UCF. But I do feel like the Knights will pull this one out. Another thing to take into consideration, this is pretty much a home game for UCF because it's in Orlando. Yeah, it is a home game. Yeah, it is a home game then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, but I think that this is going to be a case of UCF possibly looking forward to what could be and not looking at what is. 
Yes, UCF can break into a big a New Year's Six bowl game with a win here. Yes, UCF can complete that winless to undefeated turnaround going from 2015 to 2017. Memphis may fire, though, and they will fire at will. They will have revenge on their mind for the 40-13 to 13 drubbing that they took earlier in the season because this is not the same Memphis team that got beaten that badly. This is a Memphis team that has been reinfocused, reinvigorated, and steamrolled its way to the Conference USA Eastern title. The Memphis Tigers end the discussion for the Central Florida Golden Knights. Memphis wins outright. Yeah, Memphis can't I, stop anyone. I'm going to have to That's the problem. UCF can put up a million points, and Memphis can't stop anyone. Not to mention, this is their head coach's last game before he goes off to Nebraska. You really think that those teams, especially those seniors, are going to want to send him out with a loss? Okay, no. but at the, same, at the same time, you could also be looking at this from playing down to that perspective here because they know that Okay, it's great that they might get to a New Year's Six, but who's going to be the coach? Mm-hmm. They're probably going to have their offensive coordinator or somebody. I still say they're going to win 30-20. to 20. Boise's going to be crushed because they're going to get revenge and beat Fresno State on their home field with the Mountain West. But UCF is going to do what they have to do to clinch their spot in the New Year's Six and let the dust settle wherever it is coaching-wise. Way, way to jump the shark on your prediction for the Mountain West, Eric. <laughs> Although Anywho. I will say that uh, the only guy that I've heard uh, with an interest in the Arkansas job is the Memphis coach, Norvell. So he has a little bit of a, let me prove it to a bigger team in a Why? conference I want to be in by winning, going out and beating UCF. Why would anyone want to willingly go to Fayetteville? <laughs> no idea. Hey, if you don't play near a swamp. Look, if you look at uh, that history, there's pretty good beer and cocaine there. Ask some of the football players. <laughs> you can also ask the Miami Dolphin coaches. Anywho. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Magic City was built on that stuff back in the 80s, okay? Scarface was more real than people realize. I said no more. I'm just going to say Miami Vice wasn't just a show. Anywho, um, I was about to say something here. Oh, I wanted to mention real, I wanted to mention real quick one of the signs that was on ESPN when that UCF South Florida game was on. Does anybody else remember the, US, the UCF fan sign that said you can't have frost? Yes. yes. Apparently they can. Yeah. Nebraska was like, sign what sign? Hey, welcome <laughs> back to Lincoln. <laughs> they saw the sign and it opened up their eyes. Anywho. Ah. Oh. Gold. <laughs> that <was> gold. <laughs> That's right. We're downright punny here on the kickoff at times. All right. Let's go ahead and blast through these final two conference championship games because, quite frankly, there's not a whole lot on the line in either of them. Eric already gave his prediction for Boise State, Fresno State. Um, the game was in Fresno State last week when Boise State won or when Fresno won. The game's back on the Smurf turf this week. Boise State wins the Mountain West. Brandon? Yeah, I agree with that. Boise State's going to want revenge on uh, Fresno State. 
and uh, they'll get it on the blue turf, the the best field in college football. Steven. I saw a segment on, I think it was Sports Center, Scott Pempelt, and he was going over the Fresno State schedule and how they had some very impressive wins. So going off of that, I'm saying Fresno State takes the Mountain West this year. Well, not to mention Fresno State's out-of-conference schedule was freaking ridiculous, too. Alabama and Washington. Boy, did they punch yeah. up, but uh, it, it, it's a shame. Maybe if they can beat Boise twice and, you know, because Memphis is still ranked, would be ranked higher than they would be. So that, no. They still wouldn't be able to sneak in. Oh no! The winner of the American Athletic Conference championship game is going to be the big, the uh, the group of five representative. Yeah, but they still need to shut up with the whole Power Six argument for now. Uh, it, when it comes to college football, yes, college basketball, I will give them. But college football, no, they're oh. not even in the discussion. No, there's a power. There's a Power Six for college basketball, but it's not the American. That's the six. See, I think I think I would probably prefer the American Athletic to the Pac-12 in college basketball, but that's just me. Well, no, Pac-12 is in, obviously, but there's an, there's another. Conference. I know the Big East. I'm yeah. aware. <laughs> you seat in the hall, Mark. <laughs> All uh, right, stuck this week. Let's go ahead and put a nice little tidy bow on our conference championship predictions. And by the way, just so you fans, uh, you guys listening out there are getting used to kind of this format, this discussion here, we are going to be this, doing this exact same format for the NFL postseason. We are going to go game by game, give breakdowns and analysis. It's basically going to turn into an episode of Football to the Max for our predictions for the, for the football playoffs. Mm. It is what it is. <laughs> but don't worry, you'll still get all the other bits and goodness that you don't get on football to the max, like studs and duds, like are you serious? And like, so that happened. All right, let's go ahead and finish this off here. The conference championship game that nobody cares about, the Mac. Toledo takes on Akron. <laughs> <laughs> the Rockets and the Zips. Whoop de doo. <laughs> I live in Ohio, and I don't care about this match. Uh, I I have to say, Harry, thank you, because of all the conference championships, this is the one that I had no clue who Who was playing. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, that. Um, Nobody cares about the Mac in either football or basketball. Yeah, ever since Illinois uh, went down the tubes. Well, Western Michigan a couple of years ago wasn't awful. Well, they were undefeated last year. But to be entirely honest, I would argue that a Mac school hasn't been relevant ever since a certain Pittsburgh Steeler was the quarterback at Miami of Ohio. Yeah, very true. Oh, yeah, true, very true. Uh, just for the sake of making a prediction here, I'm going to pick Toledo just because they're the class of the uh, MAC this year. They won the by far superior MAC West, and if I'm not mistaken, these two teams actually did play in the regular season, and Toledo beat the brakes off of Akron. Yeah, I, I remember Miami struggling with Toledo early in the season, but we still won. Going uh, away, yeah. 
on basis of, and this is going to sound weird, but this is me we're talking about, whose uniforms I like better? Akron. That, that is such a, okay, that was almost sexist. I'm glad I stopped myself from That is such a woman way to pick this match, Eric. <laughs> like I said, this is me. Yeah. I completely get it, but it's like, I've seen a combined three quarters of football between either school. So what do you expect? Steven? Yeah, I, uh, Toledo's a 21-and-a-half-point favorite over the Zips. They're going to zip right past them. <laughs> oh. This cheesy joke is brought to you by Kraft. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sean, it's a thing. Accept it. Brandon, wrap us up here. Uh, yeah, Akron um, got destroyed 41-28 in their matchup earlier on in the season. Toledo is going to go blast off on the Zips. God and- damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and they will destroy <laughs> You know what the sad thing is, is I can't complain because I started it with these puns. And somebody of you who do not know why I said blast off the Toledo University of Toledo are the Rockets. I stand by I stand by what I said about this match. I live in Ohio and I don't care. (laughs) It will not be time for some time for some action. That's all I'm saying. And with that, there is our conference championship previews and predictions, including the Conference USA, because dead last in the power ratings, number one in our hearts. (laughs) (laughs) With that being said, let's go ahead and move on to Are You Serious? Uh, Three of the four of us have already given our Are You Serious predictions. I will quickly run them down real quick for you for college football. My Are You Serious prediction is Memphis over Central Florida to win the American Athletic. Eric, your Are You Serious prediction was? Stanford over USC to win the Pac-12. Steven, your Are You Serious prediction was? Miami over Clemson. Brandon is going non-conference title action for his, and the reason I called him a rat bastard at the start of the show is because he stole my pick. (laughs) Yes, I did. But originally my pick was going to be Steven's pick, but uh, he he took it before I could. So my pick for college, and I think mine is the most shocking of anyone's, the University of Louisiana Monroe in a completely meaningless game for them, but a meaningful game for Florida State, will go into Tallahassee and beat Florida State, destroying their bowl, their bowl hopes and dreams. And sending Jimbo Fisher off to Texas A&M. Yes, precisely. As a Florida fan, you the only it. thing I could say to that is, <laughs> I'm probably going to take like 
I'm probably going to take like negative 40 points for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely possible. In fairness, it's entirely possible that Memphis might get the brakes beat off them by Central Florida, too. So we're probably in the same boat there. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> And with that being said, now we go to the predictions that nobody knows for this show. That is our NFL Are You Serious predictions here. And Brandon, since you went ahead and gave us your college pick, why don't you go ahead and give us your NFL pick as well? Um, real quick, are we doing uh, Get It Together this week? Uh, due to the timing situation with doing the conference championship previews, no. Okay, well, let me just say for myself, my Get It Together would have been... The Kansas City Chiefs, this is a segue to my Are You Serious, losing five out of their six, or five out of their last six and their last three consecutive. Hold on, hold on. Together in order hold on. to stay be- in the be- playoff hunt. Wait, 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 wait. Be- before you do your prediction here, to our MMA to the Max host, Robert Taylor, suck it! <laughs> <laughs> Sean. That's why I didn't respond to him in the group chat. (laughs) All right, Brandon, go ahead and give us your NFL pick. So they need to start getting it together, but this week will not be their week. The Jets will beat the Chiefs, making it three straight and and five out of their or and six out of their last seven that they've lost and further make their chance of going to the playoffs dimmer and dimmer after a magnificent 5 and 0 starts. Can Excuse I point out the can I can I point out the irony of the fact that Andy Reid could go from candidate to coach of the year to unemployed in the span <laughs> of about 6 weeks? Yeah, yeah but that's the same time. Aren't you familiar with the 5 and 0 start and then failing to make the playoffs, Harry? Yeah, you should uh, Okay, you listen here, Eric. First of all, we were five and two. Second of all, when Jacksonville sniffs a five and zero start, you can talk crap to me. Hey, it's happened before, just not in this millennium. But it's happened. <laughs> How many Super Bowls are on your resume? Zero. Uh, yeah, we actually have appearances though. Oh, the yeah, because we've actually been around longer. <laughs> well, I can't help the fact that we existed before you guys were thought of. That's not our problem. Ha- Harry, <laughs> honestly, I'd rather um, not ever make the Super Bowl than have the indistinguishable uh, blunder that is your four straight Super Bowls without a win. Okay, do me a favor, Brandon. Name another team that's been to four in a row. You can't because it hasn't happened. I'll give you yeah, that. Name another team that's won thanks to a field goal missed wide right. <laughs> I can think of a few. <laughs> I picked Miami, you jackass. <laughs> that's all I'm saying right now is I picked Miami. Anywho, Brand- so Brandon's NFL pick is the Jets over Kansas City. Eric, I don't know why I'm still talking to you, but go ahead and make your prediction. <laughs> well,. There's going to be a little bit of extra action going on in a certain dome stadium this weekend between a team that, let's be real, I didn't see anywhere coming for how they were doing this season 
in a team that I really thought that they were going to fall off a cliff, but they haven't. Everybody's talking about Minnesota and Atlanta because of Matt Ryan, the comeback, Freeman being out of concussion protocol, blah, 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 blah. But come on, Case Keenum has channeled his inner University of Houston days, slinging the ball all over the place and actually throwing touchdown passes to the other team. I really think between that and the purple people eaters and how they're going to stuff the run and continue to make Matt Ryan uncomfortable, I got Minnesota, Minnesota beating Atlanta. Uh, Houston Texans, while I appreciate you guys getting Deshaun Watson, Case Keenum was a University of Houston boy, and you thought Tom Savage was a better option. <laughs> well, at that time, he kind of was. <laughs> uh-huh. Tell that to his play this year. Yeah, this year, I don't know what happened, and he's gotten better. I would still have if I'm a if I'm a if I live in Houston and I follow the Texans, I would still have rather had Case Keenum than Tom Savage. Well, that yeah. I still agree with. Steven, are you serious? NFL edition. Yeah, I'm serious. I mean, James Winston will be back, and the Packers play. I mean, their season's in the dump with Aaron Rodgers out. But and I'm disappointed. Just like the Giants, I had the Bucks winning their division. Big disappointment because now they're they're biting the bottom of the barrel. In fact, it's going to get worse on Sunday when the Packers beat the Bucks at Lambeau. I wouldn't really consider that an upset all that much. The Bucks are a favorite. I do believe so. Wow. I would pull. I would point out the fact that all is not lost in Green Bay this year. If they can somehow hold on into a wild card position, Aaron Rodgers is already throwing the football again. And the fact that it's in Lambeau in the beginning of December. Hashtag frozen tundra. Yep. Guys, I think I might have the biggest upset of the four of us for the National Football League. Mm -hmm. Ten and one. Becomes ten and two oh, when, ah. when the twelfth man in Seattle on Sunday Night Football takes down the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. I don't think it's going to happen, but if it does, I would not be surprised, especially with it being in Seattle. It is Seattle with Russell Wilson in November slash December. The only thing that you have to think about with with Seattle is that their defense has been slaughtered by injuries. The the Legion of Boom is gone. Ain't the Legion anymore. Ham Chancellor's done for the season. Sherman's done for the season. I don't know. <laughs> is Earl Thomas injured as well, I think? I just I, I know better than to bet against Russell Wilson in December. I on most years I would agree with you, but with their defense hurt that badly, basically their entire secondary being out, it's gonna be a very tough uphill climb for them. 
And I honestly trust Carson Wentz in a shootout more than I trust Russell Wilson. Even though it's been done, he's done it this season. He's led come from behind drives. I think oh. going up against Wentz. Oh, I will. I will see your argument there, and I will raise you the fact that Russell Wilson outdoed Deshaun Watson earlier in the season. Very true, but at that point, they they had a better defense. Yeah. Okay, that, I mean that's that's fair. I'm not saying that this is going to be a low scoring game because it's not. No. But I think. I think the fans in Seattle make the difference. I think they disturb the timing of this Philadelphia offense. And I think that this is one of the first major road tests for Carson Wentz this year. It is. Oh, because, because the Dallas game was not in Jerry's world. It was in Philly. Oh, I'll, I'll agree with that. And Like I said before, I would not at all be surprised if it did happen, but mm-hmm. without banged up Seattle is I I think uh Philly will come out of a, uh, out of this one with a win all right I, so I just don't want it to be too bad because Seattle comes to Jacksonville in a couple of weeks and I want to have at least some hope <laughs> before we get out of here we're gonna do a quick we're going to do a quick um, will they cover or not for one of the games in the NFL this year because it's very rare that you see a line like this in the NFL. The Chargers are a 14-point favorite over Cleveland. Ooh. <sighs> you almost never see an NFL team laying two touchdowns. The only time I see that is if the Patriots are playing somebody. I think they were close to two touchdowns against the Dolphins. What is your guys' opinion here? Can the Browns keep this game within two scores? No. With Los Angeles playing the way that they are the last two weeks, the absolute domination of Buffalo due to the fact that Nathan Peterman decided to become the best player on on Los Angeles' team. And the Thanksgiving throwdown in Dallas. This is a Cleveland team that's about to get slaughtered like one of those Thanksgiving turkeys. <laughs> yeah, this for a Chargers team that knows if they stay this hot, they've got an increasingly better chance at winning the division. I'm sorry. Phillip Rivers is thinking at least one more for the road and to feed all them damn kids he has. This is not going to be pretty. The line is 14. I think you could double that in San Diego would still cover. I'm going to say Chargers by 30. And there it is. I I, I think they will at least uh, get even. Um, I think they'll win this game by at least 14. Um you know they're coming off of a huge win in Dallas. Their their morale is high right now, and like I mentioned before, with with Kansas City starting to fall off the face of the earth, they have a very clear chance of winning the AFC West. So if they keep on playing the way they've played the last two weeks, I could totally see it. I mean, hell, they they put they beat. Uh, Dallas by 22 and Dallas is a team that's still I mean now not quite as much as they were last week 
but they're a team that was still in the playoff hunt. So against an O and O and eleven Browns team, oh yeah, they can put up they can get a, a fourteen point or higher win. And now officially mathematically eliminated Cleveland Browns team. Oh it, it yeah, at this point it's just putting them out of their misery. I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up one of those twenty-eight nothing, thirty to nothing type games. I don't even see Cleveland scoring. Steven, how ugly does it get in StubHub? I really, I when I think of this game, I think of what happened last year around the same time when the Browns went. I mean, the Chargers went into Cleveland and missed a field goal, giving the Browns their one and only win of the season. They have revenge on their mind. I have a feeling they went by at least 35 points. Yeah, I, this might be the ugliest final score in the NFL this season. And considering the fact that Buffalo just took a 30-point beat down from, from Los Angeles, that's saying something. This could be one of those games like uh, a couple of weeks ago between the Eagles and Broncos where, I mean, I don't think this game is in any markets that aren't direct markets for these teams because of how bad the Browns are. But this could be one of those games like uh, Eagles against Broncos where they switch it to another game because of how bad they're being destroyed. Hey, uh, uh, Brandon, uh, guess what my local hometown market team is? (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Guess what crap? Guess what crap fest I get to sit through on Sunday? Oh, um, they'll that, probably uh, huh? the third quarter. <laughs> it's okay. The four twenty five game is the four twenty five game is is on Fox, and I'll watch that instead. That'll be Carolina and uh, New Orleans. Ooh, now I'm even more interested. Go Saints. <laughs> I mean, technically, they are both teams that beat Buffalo, so really, okay. I hope they so both actually, lose. But Actually, I'm not sure. Where exactly are you again? I'm in Northeast Ohio, which means I may oh. very well get Cincinnati and the Giants. Oh. What market are you under? Let me see. I'm on the the, the website I used to see. The- For the I'm- record, everybody's getting Cincinnati to play Monday night against the Steelers. Yeah. Oh, that's that's right. Uh, Cincinnati and the Giants was. Uh, they don't play the Giants. Who does the AFC South of the AFC North play? But whatever. Because the um, I'm technically southeast, I'm in- southeast and southwest uh, Ohio are getting New England Buffalo. I live in Northeast Ohio. Oh, then yeah, you're getting Cleveland. Damn it! Well, at least you'll have a second game to turn on since that's a late game. Yes, I'll have I'll have the four twenty five national on Fox. Yeah. Do we have any game? Should get should be pretty good. Do we have anything else to discuss before we get out of here tonight, gentlemen? Eli, if you're gonna leave New York, come here. Please, please. Uh, don't I? Now that his now that his consecutive start streak will be over, I think Eli's done. I think Eli's done as well. But if if Tom Coughlin gets 
enough pieces around him and makes a good enough run the rest of the season, I could potentially see Eli doing that. I um, hope this isn't it for Eli. I really don't. I hope it is just for the fact that I want him to retire a giant. But, yeah. Yeah, it was weird seeing Peyton go out to Denver after all exactly. those years of seeing him as a Colt. Hey, Johnny Unitas finished his career as an actual San Diego Charger. Joe Namath was a Los Angeles Ram. Yes. Joe Montana, Montana was finished with the Chiefs. Chiefs. <laughs> yes, but Jim Kelly was a Buffalo Bill. And he started as a Houston gambler. USFL, I'm aware. <laughs> to once again wrap up tonight's episode of the show, Bama, suck it. Robert <laughs> Taylor and the Kansas City Chiefs, suck it. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say. That's, that's it. Uh, I look forward to the Ron Jeremy part two in Boca Raton. Uh, I am going to have alcohol and other substances for Saturday just on standby. I'm I'm just really hoping that that something happens to force the college football quote-unquote playoff to accelerate its its expansion into a real tournament so I can stop calling the the college football national champion mythical. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Central Florida is going to lose on Saturday anyway, and this entire conversation will be moot. For our executive producer, Sean Garmer, Eric Watkins, Stephen Er the Third, Brandon Biscabing, I'm Harry Broadhurst, thanking you for listening to The Kickoff, episode 13 here on the W2M Network, available online at W2Mnet.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next Wednesday night. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.